Welcome to The Emily Hibbard Show. I'm your host, Emily Hibbard. On this podcast, I interview people from different backgrounds, experiences, cultures, and faith. Today, media communications expert Marion Pyle is my guest. Marion, welcome to the show. Thank you, Emily. It's a pleasure to be with you. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. What is a media communications expert? Oh my goodness, you know, today we live in a world where media is in, we're inundated by media everywhere and we're all consuming tons of media, many different ways. Every generation, every age group is consuming media and so we're receiving bombardments of messages and information and we're making decisions based on that um, input from us. And so people who are in the spotlight, public figures, whether it's salespeople, whether it's somebody who's a candidate, somebody who is working in business or in media or in healthcare or in law, whoever is in front of the public's eye that is trying to get their message across, they need to be really skillful at how how they're going to cut through the clutter, how they're going to be remembered, and how they're going to have the impact they want. And so that is a lot of thinking that has to go into before we open our mouths so we don't make mistakes, but we have the impact that we're trying to achieve. Which I think is, is huge, right? For, for the average consumer, when I sit down and I watch something, well, maybe not as much now because I can't help myself, but I notice everything. But for the most part, consumers, whether uh, when, we, when we're watching a TV show, a movie, uh, listening to a podcast or something, we're simply consuming that. What, what are some things that go, that, go, that go on behind the scenes for that host, that guest, uh, that actor, to that candidate? What do they do before they actually sit down and participate in that interview? Absolutely. That's a great question. And I'll just say that as you as a consumer, all of us as consumers, when you sit down, before you sit down to watch um, a TV show or buy something, you're asking yourself questions like, how is this going to benefit me? And you usually will pick, you'll make your decision for an, on a number of factors, but you typically will try and not waste your time and money. You, you make those decisions ahead of time, right? And so you'll pick your favorite shows or you'll buy your favorite product or go for your favorite brand, but you typically, you hopefully not going to waste time and money. That's something, so that goes into your thinking. So if you, as let's just say, if you were a political candidate, for example, and you wanted people to get to know you and you wanted them to know you and to like you and to trust you, right? There's going to be a lot of different steps that you need to take every time you open your mouth. And the first time, the first thing that has to be taken into account anywhere, and this is true for business, for media, for anything like that, even doctors, is who are you talking to? Who is it that you're talking to? Um, who is your audience? And to try and understand them as much as possible. Um, if they're if they're middle-aged people and you're talking about, um, uh, let's say, Instagram, maybe they won't track with you. If you're talking to millennials and you're talking to them about Social Security, they may not track with you. So you have to think about your audience and what motivates them. And you have to think about what are you trying to achieve by having this interaction with them. Um, so you have to decide those things ahead of time. What are you trying, what's your purpose in opening your mouth and explaining something to these people or chatting with them? And secondly, what, so what do you want to want to come out of the interaction? And secondly, um, a little bit about them. You know, you can look at people and just sort of make some quick assumptions about their age group, or maybe you need to know a little bit more about their demographics, the areas that they live in, or if you can find common interests, that is just the most common thing in the world, is to try and find things in common with someone, and then you can talk about them. Do you have sports in common? Do you have cooking in common, a hobby? 
um, a favorite TV show, a candidate in common. So you not try and build bridges so that the communication becomes friendlier, more relaxed, and you let down your guard. The minute you feel you're with someone who can track with you on something, that you have things in common, you feel you can be yourself. You feel you can let your, let your guard down and be maybe even build some trust. So communication becomes easier. Nobody wants to be talking to people or listening to people that takes a lot of brain power, that is telling you things that maybe aren't useful to your life, that maybe are a waste of time or you perceive them as a waste of time. You, All of us are busy, and so we're making those snap decisions really quickly with the remote particularly, right? How long? Two, three seconds, and you switched if you think something's not going to meet your needs. So we're doing that with conversations too we check out people make snap decisions about each other in like six seconds first impressions six seconds to make an impression with someone so we have to get really good at reading the person reading the situation and knowing ahead of time why are we in that situation what are we trying to say what are we trying to bring to the table so all of those questions have to get answered before you and this is before anyone ever sits down to begin doing what they want to do. This is pre-production or, you know, this is your prep. It is your prep. It is your prep. If um, Absolutely. So it all depends on the occasion. It depends on your audience and it depends on what you're trying to achieve. So if you're trying to get known, that's one strategy. If you're sitting down for an interview, we talk about a topic. That's another strategy. If you're at a dinner party, that's a whole other way of communicating. So it kind of depends on environment and what you're trying to do and who you're talking to. And then there's so, strategies for each. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so, so many strategies. So let's say a political candidate comes to you. Yeah. The political world is wild right now, right? Unprecedented in the last you know couple of years with COVID and a bunch of other things. So a political yeah. candidate comes to you and says, uh, he, this is who I am, here's what I value. Can you help me? Where do you, where would you even start? It's so important that, um, number one, we find out what they're trying to achieve, like what race they're trying to run in. Obviously, all the logistics about and all the things about what, where are they running? Who are they running against? How crowded is it? What are their chances? So you do a sort of a market analysis of them and you do a market analysis of the race they want to run in. And so you need to make some very, some really solid um, determinations about um, their feasibility as a candidate. And then the person themselves, we need to find out what is their, what is, what do they bring to the table? Right? I mean, do they really have the, um, not just the talent, but do they have the heart? Do they have the stamina? And do they have a vision for why they're running? Uh, today, you've got people that are in office that are and are trying to stay in office because they're power hungry and they're ruthless and they have no ethics. But are you a candidate that really is interested in making a, a better future for Americans in some way? Um, so your ethics and your approach and your communication might be very different than the general rhetoric out there. You might be a candidate that doesn't bring, that doesn't divide with your words, that tries to bring people together, that tries to help people visualize how things could be better, a better future with that with you. Um, so you would have so, we, and we'd work on all the things that you have to offer, right? Uh, people like to know that you have some authority in certain areas, right? So they're gonna trust you more if you're authoritative about certain things. If you've achieved certain things and you have, um, uh, certainly like for example in media, if you've got good reviews, if you've got good testimonials about you, if people can 
stand up for you and say, I know her and she's amazing and she's just really solid and she is she's absolutely authentic and she is who she says she is and look at all look at her track record and this and this and look what she's achieved. That speaks volumes and it helps people trust you as well. Um, and if you know who you're trying to reach and who you're trying to serve as a candidate, then you want to really understand people's pain points. Like how have they been disappointed with the previous candidates? How are they disappointed with current affairs? How are they, what are their dreams for a better future for their children and their grandchildren? And how and in, in, in what way can you serve them um, with what you're bringing to the table? Um, so there's a lot of that. It's understanding who you are, the full package of who you are, and certainly being humble enough to say, I want to go from A to B and I recognize that I have some weak points in this and I need to get up to speed on how to do that better. Could be whatever it happens to be. Um, and and then let, go ahead and, and get the training that you need or get the, get the expertise that you need. Get up to speed so that you can go the distance, you know. Um, this is a stamina game. The the, pol the political, um, if you're running for office, it's a game of stamina. I mean, I, we have several candidates that we're working with right now, and they have to go out practically every night. There are two or three events a week. They're speaking. They're at weekends. They're communicating with people. They're doing social media. They're, you know, inter I mean, it's just they're writing things. I mean, they're working on all the fronts to connect with their audience and to be consistent, you know, to not be a flash in the pan, but to be consistent and show up consistently wherever they are. You mentioned, um, you called it pain, pain points. And I, I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, how do you match, and you mentioned building trust. How do you yeah. match a candidate who might lean one way and the audience might lean a little bit the other way? So, so there's a, there's a little bit of margin in between there, but taking into consideration that, that pain that, I mean, our words are powerful, right? So if we're, if we're aware that this particular audience might be grieved over a certain topic. How do you, how does a candidate who might perceive things differently build trust with an audience who's, who isn't on the same page with them without yeah. adding additional pain? Yeah, I would say that you're going to find that a lot today. And I think um, it's more often than not, if you're working with a mixed audience, that you're going to find people who are on opposite, not just in the middle somewhere, on opposite sides of things because they have deliberately divided us. I mean, there's tremendous, uh, it's an information war that's going on right now, and there's the powers that are vying for, to remain in power, and those that are trying to get back into power, things like that, they are, they are, they have, the world is a divided place. So just on a human level, stop and think about it. The, in, based on the, on the concept of knowing someone, liking them and trusting them, you might, ha you might be a parent, let's say, Emily, and you are talking to a group of parents, but you know that in the room you've got a diversity of, uh, your audience is diverse. Um, you might have parents who think that children, bringing up children a certain way is absolutely the right way to do it. You might have another group that thinks it's absolutely the opposite way. But th one, thing, one thing you have in common is you're all parents and you want the best for your children. And so you would lead with that. 
you would say, I know that in the room we have people that have differing views about maybe the best way to parent and things like that, but let's start with what we have in common. We're both parents. We both love our children. We both want to leave them a better world. We want them to grow up and be successful. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be happy. So we have these things in, in common, and I want to share with you some of my ideas, and you might disagree with me, but at least give me the benefit of listening to how how I perceive this and why I think why I think the way I do, because ultimately we're in this together, which is to raise the next generation and have them be healthy and happy and, and educated and very successful. So you try and build bridges right away. And I think that's very few people are doing it right now. They're doing so much mudslinging. And, it, and the trouble with mudslinging and fear-mongering is it's proven that it works because you can, you, can, uh, you can address people at the lowest common denominator. You can make people afraid. You can make people insulted and get angry and disgusted and you know, really feel um, riled up about something. It works. That's why they do it. But it's, as you know, uh, it is the lowest common denominator, you know, um, it's manipulative, it's dishonest, and basically it clouds people thinking, clouds people think, clouds people's thinking, because when you're fearful, when we're fearful, the human animal, we're just reacting, we're not thinking straight anymore. We have stopped thinking and we're just reacting. We're thinking, how do I survive? How do I, with my adrenaline's pumping? So if you want to go that route, it's part of a political game. It's done all the time of mudslinging your, and trashing your opponent and pointing out all the things they've done wrong and why you would be you know, really badly served if you vote for, voted for them. But the trouble with those kinds of ads, I, from my perspective, I get upset when I hear them because I think, yes, but you haven't told me what you're going to do differently. You've just pointed out the other person's faults, and I'm not even sure if, you, if it's all true or if it's just propaganda. Number one, you don't know, and number two, you haven't told me what you do right. You're just saying I'm, you know, I'm going to offer you, a, you know, something different. But maybe if you don't unpack what you're going to do differently, then you've just taken a lot of cheap shots. Um, so you have to decide as a candidate which way you want to go. There's a lot of ways you can communicate your message, and it makes sense to point out to people someone's track record if you really feel strongly that they've harmed the public and you want to set the record straight and you want to do better, it's not a bad thing to point it out, but for heaven's sake, have the character and ethics to point a visualize and present your position and say, I can, I'm willing to go to bat for you and give you a better future and it would look like this and this and this and this and leave somebody with a bit of hope and something they can visualize. It's very good to tell stories and it's very good to help people with images, give leave people with images in their mind so they can picture um, what it is that you're trying to say and what it is you're trying to do for them. And of course, television is fabulous for this or social media is fabulous to help people, um, you know, not just know, hear it, but also to be able to see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow, this is this is fascinating, Marion. Yeah. If someone's listening, uh, let's say they're an author, or they're coming out with an with a new project, or they're a political candidate, and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? Thank you for asking. They can call. They can contact us on our website, legacymedialab.com. It's all one word, legacymedialab.com. Um, they can also. I can. Uh, yeah, they'll find the ways online to to. There's a contact form, and that's just the best way for people to just get in touch with us. Okay, fascinating. Well, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day with me. This is really, really interesting. I think a lot of people would find it interesting as well. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Emily, and I thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you. Thank you, Marion. Bye-bye.
Well, this concludes another episode of the Emily Hibbard Show. Connect with me on Instagram at Emily Hibbard. That's at E-M-I-L-Y H-I-B-A-R-D. And I hope to catch you in the next episode.